0: Hello and welcome. It's our bonus Q&A episode of Books of the Year uh, with international best-selling superstar Cecilia Ahern, uh, who hopefully you heard on our previous episode. If not, you should probably listen to them in order.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it doesn't make sense otherwise. No,
0: go back, listen to that one, then come back. Or if not, just hang around, because Cecilia is always great to listen to. Um, Cecilia, question number one. What is the last book that you really, really enjoyed reading?
1: So it is called Queen Bee by Kira Geraghty, and it's very unusual for me to laugh out loud during the book because I don't usually read funny books, but I howled with laughter. It's kind of like Bridget Jones meets menopause, and, you know, at the beginning of Bridget Jones, when she used to have calorie counts or alcohol counts and things like that, this is all the symptoms of menopause, like rage, bitterness, (laughs) (laughs) And I just found it absolutely hilarious. I think it was good timing for me. And um, I laughed and laughed, but it was also so moving. So I also kind of shed a tear. And it's, it was really one of the best books I've read in a long, long time.
2: Give us a title and author again.
1: Queen Bee by Kira Gerity. OK,
2: excellent. Um, do you work best, um, Cecilia, with deadlines? Do you like to have that sort of ticking clock, a bit of pressure? Or would you rather it were uh, sort of open-ended?
1: Well, I always have a deadline. I deliver a novel every year. Um, the thirty-first of May is is my date every year. Are there, hold on, the 30, 31 days in May, April. January, yeah, yeah, yeah thirty-one are. days in May. Yeah, I got that right. So I always have a deadline, and and usually how what my schedule will be, I'd begin in January, it's due in May. I edit in the summer, and I publish in the autumn. So yes, I do work best with deadlines.
0: I, so that's that's an inc- that's an incredible routine so is it like january the first that you start
1: well a couple yeah fourth maybe you know whenever we're back to reality um after christmas that yeah and that, that has been the case for 19 years i know we're publishing now in april but um so we've slightly changed and i'm going to have to find a new system but it will be the same it will be you know six months of writing then we edit and then i publish
2: and that's every day every day
1: Pretty yeah yeah pretty every day yeah I mean it changes I do have uh, three children and lives change so I kind of work around them but you definitely do about four hours of writing every day
0: Uh, and so we we, uh, we're just interested in structure here you know so um, I'm finding that absolutely fascinating do you think that you would ever come up with an idea that was like like two books or a double book or a book that was going to be 900 pages Um, and you're going to have would you have that conversation with your editor and say I'm going to take two chunks at this. So we're going to have to disrupt the. Or, or, or would everyone think, Cecilia, what are you doing? We know how you work. Just stick, <laughs> stick to the plot.
1: Um, no, they're very, um, I, I've done, like sometimes I've written two books in one year. Um, and then sometimes wow. I've also written, you know, short stories as well as writing novels. So I've always kind of got a little side project going. So you know, I'm I'm writing every day. I'm not necessarily writing the same thing every day. I could be working on different projects, um, but they're very good at. Uh, if there was like I've taken years off for maternity leave and things like that, for somehow we've just caught up and had 19 books over 19 years. Wow. So they're yeah, they'd be good. At, they're good at listening to me. There's no pressure. If it's, it's just that I like to write very quickly. I kind of write like I'm feeling very impatient. I want to get to the end of the story, so I'm racing to get there.
0: How many words a day is that?
1: I actually don't know. So a chapter, I would, each time, each sitting, I would write a chapter.
0: Goodness me. Wow. I'm aware that it's April the 24th and you've got a book to deliver in five weeks.
1: Well, this is, see, my the April, it used to be pub- published in October and now we're doing April to April. So I can't quite figure out how to explain what that schedule is. But I have written my next novel and then I'm on to the next one. COVID kind of changed my dates and messed everything up, as it did for everybody.
0: So in a thousand different ways, it's like old hat. You've already written a a whole new novel and you're on the next one. I mean, I can barely
1: even remember this novel, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Is there an author or maybe authors who you will always read whatever they write and wherever they publish? And who are they?
1: I'm a massive fan of Karen Slaughter, and Lee Child, put Ooh. them together. Um, I absolutely love those two authors. And how exciting when they actually wrote a little, it was a short story or a novella where they took um, Will Trent from Karen Slaughter's book and Jack Reacher from Lee Child's book and they put them together in a story. That was one of the most exciting things I've ever read. Um, so, yeah, they they published. They're a book a year authors, so I get really excited. Um, Karen always in June and Lee in October,
0: September, mm. October, yeah. See, that, that's very interesting that you should say that because my reaction, so Stephen King put Jack Reacher in a novel, I think it was called Under the Dome. And as, yeah, soon, he- as, as soon as Jack Reacher turned up, I, I, it, it blew the magic for me. I've, I was yeah. so, I was completely immersed in Stephen King's world and then all of a sudden this intruder turned up uh, and it felt very strange. But obviously it, um, each reader will take it in a different way.
1: Yeah, now I won't say it was the best one I ever read, but I was so excited to to just see that mashup, you know. Um, I, yeah, I love. I, it's it's interesting when writers get creative like that and they start collaborating. I don't know if it always works, but I, I think it's exciting for the reader. But I, I that one particularly worked for me.
2: So um, your your dad, Cecilia um, Bertie Ahern, was was first minister of Ireland when you were growing up. If if you hadn't become a writer, do you think you would have got into politics?
1: No, 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 (laughs) no.
2: It it is interesting. It it sort of it works like that, isn't it? If if a parent has been uh, like in very high profile politics, that the kids have no interest in getting involved in it at all.
1: Mostly, I find the children do when it becomes like a family thing. So, um, but no, it's just not my forte. Um, It's just such a different world for me. I think writing fiction (laughs) um, is is what I was. Is my calling, debt politics? No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But um, it's been a joy to watch him do it. <laughs> 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 I watch from afar.
0: <laughs> uh, we like to uh, surprise our guests with a question from a fellow author and fan. Uh, so here we have a voice note courtesy of one of our old friends, best selling author John Boyne. Here we go.
2: Oh.
0: Hi, Simon. Hi, Matt. And hi, Cecilia. It's your old pal, John Boyne, here with a question from a very rainy Dublin. I remember years ago reading that you preferred to write very late at night and into the small hours of the morning, like some beautiful creative owl or maybe a literary Dracula. Do you still (laughs) do that or do you now write during the day?
1: Oh, lovely John. That was a nice (laughs) surprise. Um, No, I I don't do that anymore. And and I wrote P.S. I Love You, my very first novel, 19 years ago, um, from 10 o'clock at night till six in the morning. And then I'd sleep till two. And then I'd get up and type up what I had handwritten the night before, so that was a very intense experience. Um, but when I started having kids, that had to change. So I, I'm now like I became a 9 to fiver.
2: <laughs> but there must have been a reason. Why, what 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 was attracting you to to working at night, Cecilia? I mean, it was clearly working for you then. What 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 about working at night really worked for you?
1: so peaceful I think and it's quite selfish as well you feel like the world is yours there's no distractions nobody's ringing your doorbell nobody's emailing you or or texting you it is absolutely your own time and um and it's it is kind of I think it was a selfish way of living because by day you're not really accessible either you know nobody can reach you because Mm. you're you're sleeping off what you know you're sleeping yeah, it was very, it's it's that feeling of, I also think Sundays have the same feeling, you know, that kind of slower, calmer, less stressful time. Um, and it was, I felt like I had all the time in the world, actually, to just be alone and create without anyone distracting me
2: um next question i so when i was at i think i've said this before on the podcast when i was at uni i would try to impress girls by having this uh very well thumbed uh french paperback in my bag uh, to show how unbelievably sophisticated i was have you ever um cecilia tried to impress someone with a book and obviously not one of your own although you can say that but we'll all judge you if you say that but if have you ever tried to ju- ever try to impress someone with a book
1: Um, so because I published my book so young, I was 21 when I wrote it and it came out when I was like, I don't know, 22. And, um, people used to be very, I remember being cornered quite a lot in bathroom toilets, like during literary events by people going, what's your favorite classic? Um, you know, they just thought this young commercial author, I, you know, how well read was I? And I just used to get so nervous when all of these people would talk to me. And I, I said it to my uncle and he said, you should get a book called how to talk Well, he bought me the book. How to Talk About Books You Haven't Read oh, yeah. by Pierre Bayard. I don't know how to pronounce that properly. Um, and, yeah, which is literally, you know, learning how to talk about books you haven't read. And so to answer your question properly is I've just done it now. I haven't read that book.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, he gave it to me years ago and I haven't read it, but I talk about it like I have read it.
0: <laughs> it's a book that deserves not to be read. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Yeah. Um Actually I just just think back on that John Boyne question the idea of getting a question about process and when you write from John Boyne who appears to me to be a machine you know, yeah that John I think John writes 24 hours a day 7 days he just doesn't stop the man is extraordinary so um mm. he doesn't need any more tips but I'm in, I'm always intrigued by his process because he's so prolific yeah. um well so was a great one
1: love... to do an event with as well, because, you know, we, we went down to an event in Waterford and you brought little bottles of champagne. It was brilliant. Oh. So we, we drank champagne all the way down to our event. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it made that... it a very fun night.
0: <laughs> um, so you've told us about the first your first sort of big hit. Was that actually the first story that you, that you ever wrote or is, was there something in a drawer somewhere which never saw the light of day?
1: There were many things in many drawers, but the first novel I t- I wrote was when I was fourteen, which was called Beans on Toast and a Bottle of Beer. Um, I remember designing my own cover and everything, and uh, learned a, did a Mavis Beacon typing course to taught myself how to type as well. So that that was my first, and that was about a I would think I was yeah I was fourteen, so I was writing about a sixteen year old, um, who kind of fancied a boy and whose parents were annoying her. So I think it was probably quite autobiographical (laughs) was it good um no 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 but i still have it i i i have it and i never finished it because what happened was my mom who is incredibly supportive told my english teacher the brilliant mr ryan that i was writing this story and at a parent teacher meeting and every day he used to say to me have you finished it yet when can i read it and it just i was so um Embarrassed about it that I just never finished it.
2: <laughs> I, th- I think I would have input uh, on the title. Beans on toast. I don't think that works. I think mean, you need something something better than beans on toast as a title.
1: Well, that was to represent the monotony of daily life, ah. and then the, the occasional joy. Not that I was drinking beer at 14, but
2: anyway. <laughs> Obviously not. Um, so you, you broke your own rule of of never returning to a character when you when you um, published Postscript, which was a sequel to uh, PS I Love You in 2020. Having now done that, is there, is there any chance chance of writing another sequel, do you think?
1: I have no plans to. Um, I think, you know, I fought that idea for so long with PSOW. I said, you know, the, the story's finished. I've nowhere else to take it. But then an idea just came to me. And um, wouldn't go away. And I actually just felt compelled to write it. So if that happens again with another story, I will absolutely um, write it. But I don't plan on it. You know, I think it's one of those very spontaneous things.
0: Uh, You, um, Gerard, you're talking about P.S. I Love You and Gerard Butler and Hilary Swank were in the movie of P.S. I Love You. And I think you've remained good friends since that film. So the question is do you think is there another actor cecilia you'd like to work with on a future adaptation and do you ever think about that you know so we're talking about uh, alice in in a thousand different ways a, mo- a book you've forgotten because you wrote it <laughs> such a long yeah. time ago but do you do you get casting ideas
1: um no well i i, I write them for novels i really do and i don't think about them being adapted. Um, And I also know that the many books that I've written, the ones that I think would be most obvious books to be adapted into TV or film, aren't the ones that make it. You know, my second book, Where Rainbows End, was turned into a movie called Love Rosie, and that was written entirely in the form of emails and letters. So I didn't think that would ever be a movie, and it became it. Um, I just worked with Nicole Kidman on um, my Roar. It's an anthology of short stories, and that's on Apple TV+. And there's Eight incredible actors, Mira sayel Alison Brie, Cynthia Erivo, um, Betty Gilpin, um, Issa Rae. Yeah, there was like amazing cast in that. Um, and right now, I would love to work with Ashleen B because I think she is just the funniest, best <laughs> um, woman out there. I, and she actually read, she did the audio book for, for Roar, but I've never met her. But I would love to work with her.
0: Uh, Cecilia, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed uh, for talking to us. In A Thousand Different Ways is published by HarperCollins. It's out now. You can hear Cecilia discuss the novel in detail on our other podcast, our companion podcast, if you haven't got to that already. We'll be back next week for another Books of the Year uh, with bestselling author Joanne Harris. Uh, We hope you can join us then. Thank you very much indeed for listening.